Blog Talk Radio. Interviewing your favorite musicians, comedians, and other creative souls. This is the Carrie Edelman Show. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Edelman Show. I am extremely excited tonight as we have the amazingly talented pop soul singer-songwriter Christopher the Concord coming on, also known as Christopher Ford, so I'm really excited to bring him on tonight. Just going to do a brief introduction. He's going to be one of the many national musicians, bands, comedians, filmmakers, and other entertainers I've had the honor of interviewing. So if you have a chance, please check out the podcast. I've done over 200 interviews now. They're available on my website as well as on iTunes, so Please support all these artists. I really created this show a few years ago because, personally, um, I'm also a singer-songwriter, and I've done some writing for magazines. And my other passion is um, interviewing. My background is in clinical psychology. That's what I have my doctorate degree in, and that's what I work at as a profession. So I really wanted to bring the two together to create a forum to support people because, personally, I know how challenging and difficult the entertainment industry can be, especially when you're trying to do a lot of things on your own, especially independently. So on my show, you're going to get a really good taste of what these people's lives are like, what it's like to be in their profession. A couple of things I just throw out there is although I mentioned that I am a clinical psychologist, my show is purely meant for entertainment purposes. Um, We sometimes talk about things in an educational format, but we're not going to be doing any type of formal therapy. And also, I definitely want my guests to feel um, grounded and to talk about whatever they'd like. So if you want to share any embarrassing or potentially humiliating stories, that's fine. We definitely love comedy on my show, but just to keep any identifying information out or any names anonymous. So if you're tuning in, create a Blog Talk Radio account by going to blogtalkradio.com. And if you want to call in tonight, the number is 805-243-1320, and it's also on the station page. So let's do a nice introduction for Christopher the Concord, and then we will bring him on for the interview. So he originates from Des Moines, Iowa, and as I mentioned, he's a pop soul singer, songwriter, and performer. And I think Ryan Adams, who we're going to definitely talk about tonight because this is very interesting, really has stated clearly who he is all about. I mean, he really, truly is the real deal. Um, Once you hear his music, you're really going to be captivated by his authenticity, I mean, it just really shines through thoroughly in his lyrics, his songwriting. Um, he discusses in his music, and especially some of the research I did on him, how he really wants to bring people together. And I think that is also illustrated very um, blatantly in his music and um, helpfully, as he mentioned, help people develop a greater self-awareness. So I want to ask him tonight a little bit about some kind of humanism, existentialism. I think he'll understand what I'm talking about because I can hear some of that in his music. His music is definitely eclectic. He combines elements of soul, pop, jazz, even some gospel. And uh, he's making a huge impact as a performer and a singer-songwriter. He toured the United States five times um, since 2010. And he's also toured abroad in Italy, Ireland, and Canada, as well as recently completed a tour in Europe. So I'm highly recommending everyone pre-order a copy of his album, I'm Giving Up, on Rock and Roll, which is due out on May 13th, and you can also check him out by going to his website at ChristopherTheConquered.com for upcoming shows and more. So without further ado, let's bring him on. Hi, Carrie. Hey, how are you? (laughs) I'm good. I'm actually amazing. Um, 
because right now I'm I'm going to be completely honest. I'm sitting outside in a jacuzzi, drinking a beer in the sun. <laughs> cool. I was like, I'm going to do this interview. I think I'm going to do it from a jacuzzi. So I nice. kind of plan my time around that. That's awesome. Where are you located right now? Are you are you actually in Des Moines, Iowa? No, I'm not. I do not own a jacuzzi, unfortunately. I'm in Dallas, Texas. I just played South okay. by Southwest Music Festival in Austin. I played awesome. a few shows down there, and I'm now in Dallas, hanging out. Very cool. Very cool. Do you have upcoming shows in Dallas, or did you already complete this stuff? I, I'm all done with that. My dad actually lives in Dallas, and uh, he has a jacuzzi, so I'm here visiting for a little bit and standing, <laughs> sitting out in here and relaxing. It's uh, it's pretty nice. I've been on Very tour cool. since January 3rd. I haven't actually been home to Iowa since January 3rd, and uh, um, so I'm kind of like a, uh, mentally detoxing and uh, resting my bones a little bit and doing just some uh, busy work, getting my getting my act together for uh, the album release and everything to come. Awesome. Well, I'm glad to hear that everything is going so well for you. And it sounds like you're definitely relaxing right now, and hopefully we can make this a really cool interview where you also just feel like you're talking with someone you've known for a while. So that's how I like to try to do my interviews too. So cool. Yeah. Um, well, I appreciate the introduction. About... It seems like you have a good – ear and you're uh <laughs> you you you're you're pretty spot on with uh your observations so far so cool yeah no i did a lot of research yesterday i spent a lot of hours just kind of you know perusing the internet and reading your bio going to your website and you know looking at some other interviews that people have done with you just to kind of hopefully not do the same type of interview because i really like to take people on an interesting journey kind of almost from childhood to where you are today to really get people to know who you are as a person because definitely going to talk about the music, the album. That's absolutely what we're promoting tonight. But I really want to also get people to know who you are as a person because I think that's what people like to take away from my interviews is just, you know, learning stuff about you that they're not going to read maybe elsewhere. So that's, uh, sure. let's, start a, let's start a little bit about, so you said your dad currently lives in Dallas, Texas, and you grew mm-hmm. up in um, Des Moines, correct, Iowa? Yeah, I grew up in Dallas Center, Iowa, actually. It's uh it's it's an hour outside of Des Moines. It's a really small uh, town. It's about 1,300 people, I think, now. Uh, that's where I grew up <laughs> with my family, yeah. Okay. Cool. And then just tell us a little bit about yourself growing up, because I know that music really kind of, it sounds like captured you at a very early age in terms of really, you know, getting your attention. But, you know, as a kid, was there other things, you know, before you really got into music that you were involved in or you were interested, like, I don't know, sports or you're definitely a performer? Were you interested in anything like acting, anything like that as a little kid? Yeah, actually, my the biggest thing I was involved in since as early as I can remember was actually uh, – the Pentecostal church. I was, a. Uh, our family was very religious and I was heavily involved in, uh, in, uh, in that. <laughs> um, okay. I'm, I'm no longer religious in any way, but, uh, all the way through, um, until I was about 19 years old, I was, um, heavily involved in, um, in Christianity and, and that form of Christianity, which, uh, involves, you know, uh, baptism in the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues and, and these sorts of things. And I, I played music in my church and uh, I was a uh, a participant in a phenomenon which some of your listeners may know of called Junior Bible Quiz, which required me to memorize uh, word for word 180 verses of the Bible and <laughs> wow. compete in a, in a, uh, a sort of Jeopardy-like national competition on 
Oh my God. Bible trivia. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So was was any of your parents like did any of them actually formally I know that you sound like you went to church a lot. They were very involved, and religion was definitely an important part. Did, did they, any of them, like, work for the church or have a certain role with the church? Uh, no, but my dad was my uh, was the coach of my Bible quiz team. I'm sorry, you said who was the coach? <laughs> he was the coach, my dad. My father was the coach. Oh, your father was. Okay, okay, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. If, if anybody okay. listening out there, if you're not familiar, I highly recommend that somebody – if you're listening to Google Junior Bible Quiz, it's a very strange phenomenon. I want there to there, a, a documentary should be made about it, but uh, okay, I'll take a second to look it up. Get off. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay, so growing up, you were very involved. You know, religion was definitely, as you said, a, a very important part of your family. Um, and in in addition to that, what were some interests that you you know that you had as a little kid? Oh, uh, Legos, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay. <laughs> nice, uh, nice. I wasn't okay. involved in sports. I was a pretty big nerd, uh, playing video games okay. and the like. And then I want, but probably in terms of connecting to where I am today, probably the biggest thing was um, Disney. You know, I was a huge Disney nut, and all the movie musicals. You know, going back to Beauty and the Beast, but before Fox and the Hound and Oliver mm-hmm. and Company, and all these all these movies, like I was obsessed with these and I memorized all the words and all the songs word for word. And that's, I guess, when I started singing. Cool. And how old were you when you were really getting into all the different, like you said, the musicals and and watching these? I don't know, third grade, fourth grade. Okay. Okay. So like nine, ten-ish, so to speak. Okay. Yeah. I think the Lion King came came out around then. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm 31 years old. Okay. Well, you look a lot younger than that, but very okay. That's, <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, so you're getting into, you know, watching those. Were your parents, you know, tell us a little bit about your parents. Were they, your dad I read, he was, he's a musician, correct? Yeah. My dad's played guitar since he was in the Army, since he was 18, okay, nice. I guess, 18, wow. 19. He was playing guitar and um, and then he kind of stopped for a long time. He He, he wrote some songs back then and, uh, playing acoustic guitar and kind of doing folk kind of things, you know, Jim Croce, kind of imagine a Jim Croce, John Denver kind of thing going on. And uh, okay. Chris Christopherson took a break from that for a long time and never played anything. And then uh, kind of got back into music when I started getting into music around sixth, seventh grade, he was, he uh, started getting into jazz a lot and got, a, you know, got electric guitar and started working on jazz stuff. And then, we both got into jazz together through that. Um, we would go down to Kansas City, which is just a couple hours from Des Moines, and we'd go, you know, he'd call ahead and get permission to bring in <laughs> an underage kid into a late-night jazz club, and we'd go and listen to jazz and bebop and stuff like that on the weekends. And, um, and then uh, my dad went back to college because he never graduated from college, and he, I remember he audited a uh, – or he took a – one of his electives, he took a history of jazz course, and I – I audited it, so I went with them every week, and I took all the tests and everything, and I passed the uh, a college jazz wow. course when I was in seventh grade. Yeah, I read that. You were about 12 or something, and your dad got you right the opportunity. That's amazing. So you were you were yeah. always, like you said, music was always something that was always kind of in you. Um, was your mom or anyone else involved in music or anything? Like no. <laughs> no, not not really at all. No, it was just just my dad really. And actually, you know, more recently, a couple 
couple of years ago, my dad found uh, in storage somewhere, found some reel-to-reel tapes um, that were from, that he had recorded back 19, 20 years old, uh, but he didn't have anything to play them back on, and I had a reel-to-reel machine because I'm doing all this recording, all this different, I have collect all this gear now, and it didn't play back at the right well. speed, and it was, the tape was on there backwards, and so if you played it back, it was like uh, all super slow sounding, you know, like slowed down <laughs> voice, and it was in it was right. in reverse, so it sounded you know like Satan on a on, right. a, on a Zeppelin record or whatever. But uh, I, I was able to I dumped the the tapes into the computer, and then I digitally I reversed it digitally, and then I just kept experimenting with speeds until it sounded like my dad's voice. <laughs> And then I was like, well, that seems about probably as as close as I'm going to get, because I don't know what speed this was originally recorded at. And then I sent him those, and he really really liked that. That's cool. I'm sure he really appreciated being able to do that. Back in the day. Yeah. 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 So what did your dad end up um, majoring in in college? What did he end up doing? Business. Yeah. he, uh, He went back in his 40s and got a business degree. Now he's doing really well doing sales stuff and everything and making cool. enough money to have a jacuzzi for me to talk to you from right now. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And what if, and do you have any brothers or sisters? Or does my dad? Yeah. No, you. Me? Yeah, I have a brother and I have a half brother and a sister. Um, okay. But my, uh, yeah, but I, I live with my, I live with my brother actually. And I haven't seen him in a while. I'll, see, I'll be seeing him in a few days here once I finally get back to Iowa. I was on tour in Europe all know, January, right. February, and half of March, and then I came to Texas. And um, just, you know, while we're saying with family stuff, and then we'll start to digress more into the music. Any of your siblings, yeah. what do they do? Are they involved in music at all, or, or no? No, you know, my, my my brother and sister played a little music in school band, you know. My sister played the clarinet through high school, and my brother played trumpet and went into marching band and college and did a little bit of that, and then kind of just – you know, just kind of stopped, <laughs> but they, okay. uh, they're, they're, you know, they never wrote any of their own songs or any original music kind of stuff. They're really, really supportive and helped me with all sorts of stuff with my music career. So they get nice, it. Nice. Very cool. And what do they do for a living? They both actually work, uh, in, uh, in banking. Okay. So we've got lots of business yeah. people in the family. Okay. Nice. Lots of, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They, yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm a. I was actually the first in my family to get to get a college degree. I'm, I'm the youngest of my siblings, but I was the first to, before. And neither my parents had a college degree either, so I was the first to, to actually finish college completely. And uh, and now I I don't use that at all. I just I, I just play music. So. Well, I mean, well, first of all, congratulations for doing that. Where did you go to college? Iowa State University in Ames, Iowa. Okay. All right. Cyclones. And what do you what do you major in? I have a I have a bachelor's degree in electrical engineering. Really? Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, I uh the the reason is because if you're interested, <laughs> uh Yeah, no, definitely. I, I I'm, I'm like I said, I'm very interested in backgrounds and stuff. I'm so curious about like people. So go ahead. Well, my first band I was in, I played drums in a pop punk band. Uh Okay. This was, you know, turn of the century uh so when pop punk was really uh really uh trendy and um we had a pop punk band kind of sound like green day or something and i was the drummer but i was also kind of like i've always i've always been the sort of business 
business-minded person. So I was also, you know, essentially the manager. So I was the one really doing all that work and everything, and I was really committed to it. And that's all I really wanted to do. And by the time it, I, but I and I was the oldest person in the band, and so when it was time for me to go to college, because in my family it's just like we were we were raised to be like you're going to go to college no matter what, and it's not an option. So when right. it was time to go to college, I uh, I basically um, wanted to choose the closest university that I could go to so I could keep playing in my band with the guys. Um, and they didn't, I didn't, I wasn't interested in studying music because I was sort of had like a very like DIY punk rock attitude. And I thought, you know, music education was BS and that like you couldn't teach, uh, artistry and passion and emotion and, uh, okay. So I, I wasn't interested in studying music. What I was interested in studying was like um, recording engineering because we had started our own little studio and we were recording our own music. And I wanted to, you know, I wanted to keep playing in a band and then learn about, you know, sound production and, and that sort of thing. Well, that school didn't have a program like that. And the closest kind of thing where you could study the, you know, study anything like that is actually electrical engineering. It's like uh, you can study the the math and the design that goes into you know, if you want to sure. design a guitar pedal from the ground up, mm-hmm. you can do it. If you know electrical engineering, you can figure out the equations and draw the schematic and design it and doing signal processing and all these sorts of things. So that was basically, it was basically just a result of me not wanting to move away because I wanted to keep playing in my band. So I went to school right, at Iowa State, right. but every weekend I went out and did shows with my band. And so as a result, I never really made any friends at college because I was never around. I just went into the classes and stuff and I didn't participate in the college the American college dream in that sense. Yeah, I can relate to that. I, you know, unfortunately, <laughs> similar with me too. I, yeah, I was very kind of studious and yeah, I know what you mean. Um, <laughs> but that's, I mean, congratulations, like you said, with, with getting the degree in your family and it sounds like everyone, you know, is doing well and your siblings went on too, which is, which is great. I'm sure your parents are very proud of what you guys are accomplishing. Oh yeah. So that's great. So you guys, so you get through college, you got this electrical engineering degree, and just digress a little bit because, I mean, I read as a kid you were very well-versed in a variety of instruments. You know, what, inter- what instrument did you pick up first? You know, what, like, in- interested you? Because I saw that you read, I read that you're self-taught and all that stuff. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I, uh, I started playing trumpet in the school band in fifth grade, um, and played we got was really involved you know all that was basically my favorite thing I was doing jazz band in junior high and then jazz band in high school and like I said I went to a really small school my graduating class was 104 people I think and uh God, we, wow. I mean there's smaller schools in Iowa of course and I, I talked to people that are like well mine was 10 people or whatever but it's still relatively <laughs> quite a small school and uh small. yeah um and so when I was in high school I would spend my, uh, I was so into bands that, you know, I would spend my, uh, my study hall hours in the band room instead of in the study hall. And, um, I would play all the instruments and figure out whatever I could. And I got really into playing the drums and I was, you know, just playing rock music on the drums, basically just the kind of stuff I was listening to, just trying to, you know, just trying to do a fill or anything. And I would mess Mm -hmm. around with that forever. And well, we only had one good actual drummer that, uh, in the whole school and she was in the jazz band and then she just decided to quit because she didn't really like it anymore. And, uh, (laughs) 
there was no good drummers left to be in the jazz band. And so my band instructor out of desperation was like, he knew I was in there practicing every day on the drum. So he asked me if I wanted to be the, the drummer in the jazz band. And I never read nice. drum music or knew anything about it. And, uh, but I was like, sure. Yeah. And so then I was, <laughs> I was the drummer <laughs> in the jazz band and I was pretty bad. Uh, I couldn't really read the charts and I, I, you know, I could, I would just emulate the styles and, but I did that. And the same, around the same time we started, uh, actually, I'll, you know, exactly what happened was that me and a bunch of people that became friends in the jazz band after the school year ended one year, we wanted to keep playing music. So we formed our own jazz band and we practiced in the back of my dad's workshop and we w- learned Duke Ellington songs. And this is how we spent our summer uh, learning, you know, Duke Ellington and uh, John Coltrane and all this kind of stuff. And, and we'd make recordings on cassette tapes. And so this is when we first started learning about recording and, and doing stuff on our own. And then we started playing like other stuff. We started playing like Creedence Clearwater Revival and the Beatles and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And then we were just, you know, and then we got booked for a little summer festival and then it was like we were a band. So we made a name and that was like our first foray into being like, well, we have our own band and we got to do whatever we want. And that was just the end from there because it was so addictive. And it's just like, wow, there's actually no rules. And after a couple of years, all, you know, that sort of morphed into this band that this pop punk band that became very uh, serious for a number of years and uh that was sort of where i started cutting my teeth on music business and all that kind of stuff very cool and what was the name of the pop punk band that you were in <laughs> it's a pretty uh cliche pop punk band bandy name it's, it was called stuck with arthur okay <laughs> stuck with arthur the three stuck with arthur <laughs> okay what was the yeah. uh, what was the symbolism behind that meaning? Uh, it was a reference. Uh, this it's this is really brutal, but hopefully people will laugh about it. Um, it <laughs> was a reference to a line from the show King of Queens. Oh okay okay I I know of this show I have I never really it's okay to laugh it's episodes, okay to laugh but... it's ridiculous. That's cool though. That's it's cool. No, I like that stuff. Yeah. That's cool. Well, it sticks. It sticks. So um. Yeah. Okay, so when did you start getting into then doing your own stuff? And then what we're going to do, we'll take a break, we'll check out a song, we're going to come back, do a lot of interview, and then definitely check out another song because I know Kevin, who I want to also, you know, give a plug to. Um, let me say real quick because I'm losing his name. Kevin's last name. The one that's, uh, I'll come back and do that. But, um, yeah, tell us a little bit about when did you start to get into, like, your own kind of singing, songwriting? When did you start to actually sing? Were you singing behind the drums, doing backup, or, you know, how did that start to come together? Well, you know, I wrote one song for that band. Um, just I wrote the lyrics and the melody, and my and the guitarist and main songwriter wrote the, uh, figure out the chords for me. So that kind of, that kind of got me interested in songwriting, I guess. And, uh, um, really what happened was I started teaching myself piano when I was about 16 years old. And then if you fast forward a number of years to about 2005, 2006, I guess the band was sort of crumbling a little bit and none of us knew, you know, kind of had the same feeling about what we wanted it to be. And I didn't have any friends in college because I had been spending all my time playing the band. And so then I was finding myself right. kind of alone and depressed and not knowing what I wanted to do. And I wasn't really doing anything that I thought I wanted to do. And, and that sort of, uh, you know, that, that, that's when I got a keyboard and I started, uh, writing songs as a way of, honestly, it was like self-therapeutic. I just put all my emotion into these songs. I started writing in about 2005, 
That's cool. That's cool. So in 2005, 2006, where are you now time-wise in terms of how, how long had you been out of college? No, I was in college then. I, I, was, I graduated oh, from college, college in 2007. Yeah. Okay, okay. So you were still in college when the band was kind of, like you said, dissolving, so to speak, because they didn't know, you know, what direction you guys were going to go in and stuff. Okay, so that's when you started to dabble. Yeah. And, develop your own skill set for when did you decide, you know, look, I, I really want to be a singer-songwriter, you know, kind of this is my thing, this is my niche. When did that start to come to really, you know, light for you? Well, I don't really know. I mean, I it, I think it was quite a long process of just I love making music, and so I wasn't really thinking grandly about it. It was just I'm going to make – I'm going to record these songs. And I had recording equipment, and – we started, you know, messing around and recording these songs and just kind of did whatever we wanted to. And, uh, and by, you know, the end of 2006, I had a bunch of songs recorded that I'd made in my basement. And, uh, by early 2007, you know, I had shows booked and started playing shows and just kind of went from there. And it was, uh, it was a long, long process of many changes between then and now it's been a long time, but now, now I finally feel like, I know what I want to be doing with it. Right, right. When you were, you know, starting this whole process, you were booking all the shows on your own. Did you have anyone helping you? I mean, I know how, you know, challenging that can be when you're managing so many different, you know, you have so many different hats on, so to speak. Yeah, well, yeah, I was doing it then, and I'm still booking the majority of my shows myself now. I, I Really? I have maintained Fiercely Independent. We started our own record label in 2000. Uh, Eleven. Oh, and, okay. Uh, put out many albums. We, yeah, I, I do all pretty much everything. I'll hire out certain things, but um, I, I like being in control of stuff. And mm-hmm. <laughs> but that being said, no, I, I hear you. Booking agency for Europe. Um, I don't book my shows in Europe, and uh, I have partnerships with some promoters around the U.S. where they 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 really handle producing shows when I come to town. Um, but I don't have like you know representation in the U.S. The label that you're under is your own label. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Very cool. Well, yeah, but we actually... Can, we'll talk. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Sorry, take a break. <laughs> no, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Say what you were going to say. Oh, I just wanted to say that the label is... It's a, it's a label I started with a few other like-minded musicians, and uh, we we put out records just from artists that are from our community in Iowa, and we put out albums that are connected to Iowa's cultural history and tells part of the story of Iowa culture and music. And so we've put out, we have our 26th album coming out in a few months since 2011. Nice. And uh, we cool. have a whole infrastructure for that and slowly growing. That's great. And it's called, the label is called, what is it again, Maximus? Yeah, it's called Maximum Ames because Ames is the town where Iowa State University is located. But it's also okay. like a like a play on words, as in like a an aim. <laughs> right, right. No, that's cool. Very yeah. cool. Congratulations to all the, like you said, all the all the um, albums that you have underneath the label. You know, you're putting it out and you're making it, like you said, a nice community type of uh thing. That's really cool. Very cool. Yeah. All right. So let's do this. Tell me a little bit about. Let's uh, definitely check out the title track, um, "Giving Up on Rock and Roll," which is awesome song. I mean, I was just listening to it before actually the whole album when I was working out, so I appreciate Kevin Germonti <laughs> from uh, Paul Frendelich Associates. So again, thanks to him for, you know, hooking us up for the interview and, and yeah. giving me a pre-order of the album. It's great. 
so yeah, tell us about this uh, this track. It's it's really cool because every time I hear it, Christopher, I'm like, I want to say I'm not giving up on rock and roll. For some reason, that's what always comes to my mind. But it's I'm giving up on rock and roll. So and I know it's <laughs> a, a metaphor and a play on words that you use. So yeah, tell us a little bit about the the meaning of that behind it, and then we'll check it out. Yeah, the song I wrote in response to myself, basically. I mean, uh, it's it it fits in very nicely with this what the inspiration for my the name Christopher the Conquered is, which is I, I'm I'm referencing to the the battle that we each have inside of ourselves every day, and our struggles are different, and their greatness is relative, but we each we each struggle with self-doubt and fear and misunderstanding and um, some of us more, more consciously than others. <laughs> but uh, the, I, I consider just for the conquered to be um, basically when people say, well, why the conquered and not the conqueror, like who conquered you? And it's like, well, I, I conquered myself. Uh, and so I'm giving up on rock and roll is basically a lot of my songs are responses to myself, to my own, uh mm-hmm my own uh, attitudes and ideas. And I, when I criticize myself, basically, uh, <laughs> and so I'm giving up on rock and roll was a response to my, myself in the direction I was taking my music career specifically. Um, I basically had in around 2012 become a musician and a performer that I didn't really recognize or identify with. I'd become a sort of caricature of myself because I was sort of developing unknowingly to into something that would be able to immediately provide entertainment to people uh, when I performed and I I did not like as I, when I took a step back and things sort things were sort of things had I had had some success uh regionally and then it was kind of falling apart and I was wondering why and uh <laughs> I wrote this song because I realized that I needed to be um I needed to be myself in every aspect mm-hmm. of my life in order to be happy, I needed to live, I guess you could say holistically. So I needed to not be a persona on stage. I needed to just be Christopher <laughs> on stage and off stage and be the same. And I needed to remove the elements in my life that were keeping me from being the way I wanted to be off stage. And I needed to remove my own biases and attitudes about performing that kept me from being myself on stage. And the song was sort of the beginning of that. Um, but I wrote it as hopefully being something that could inspire other people to, you know, live as live as one in their own lives, whatever whatever that means for them. Remove the things that are keeping you from being yourself. <laughs> definitely. And when you said it's interesting, you made a – and actually, I'll ask you it when you come back. I'll try to remember it because um, I definitely want to check out this song, and it's a little longer than the other one we're going to check out. So, yeah, let's do this. I'm going to put you on hold. We're going to – Check out the track, and then we'll uh, come back and continue with the interview. Sounds great. All right? Okay, hold on. All right, everyone. Again, you are listening to Christopher the Conquered. And, again, I'm highly recommending you pick up a copy and pre-order his album right now. I'm giving up on rock and roll. We're going to check out the title track off of the album, and the album is due out on May 13th. So here we go. I'm giving up on rock and roll by Christopher the Conquered.
Giving Up on Rock and Roll by Christopher the Conquered, and uh, check out this album. 
It is packed, nine songs, amazing stuff. I mean, he has, as you heard, horns, bass. I mean, there's everything involved. He has sometimes a nine-piece band behind him. So it's, again, the real deal. Check out his stuff. Really amazing work that he's doing. All right, let's bring him back on. All right, great song, Christopher. Really, really cool stuff. Thanks. Yeah, I'm 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 very proud of how that turned out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, everything, everything on the album turned out great. So the question I wanted to ask you real quick, you made an interesting comment when you were talking about, you know, who you are off stage, who you are on stage, and kind of, you know, integrating the two so they're not these two separate people, so to speak. What was you said something to the effect of, you know, things were crumbling a little bit. Were they crumbling because of something that had to do with the person you were becoming on the stage versus who you were off the stage? And again, I might be well, it might be far fetched with what I'm even reaching for, but it was just an interesting comment you made. Yeah, no, I mean, really, what it was was that I had created by 2012. I had created this, like you said, this nine piece band, which um, I actually I still have, but it's very different. So by then, I had created this big band that was basically doing a sort of show and music that that only it could do it was like christopher the conquered was a nine piece horn rock and roll band Mm -hmm. and i never really intended for that to happen it was this big like it was a big show it was like a tent tent you know big uh big tent revival kind of thing it was this like you know, pseudo religious, uh, thing where I, I, it, it was really over the top and, and it was cool. Um, but it wasn't like, I wanted to be, I think it took me that to realize that like, I, you know, I want, I want to be thought of as a singer songwriter and I want to be able to perform solo and I want to be able to perform with a trio mm-hmm. and I sure. want to be able to, you, you know, and, um, and the reason that really that came to a head was just that like my band started quitting and leaving and, uh, moving away and all these sorts of things. And then I, it, I wasn't able to do any shows. And then it just sort of was like, it, it just was a, just a, a big, a big mess. And I was like, felt like I was just like uh, treading water. And I, I really realized right. that like, if I want to be able to, it was, I guess it was around that time that I was it, between 2012 and 2013 when all kind of, I sort of was um, that I realized like, I really want to be an artist in music for the rest of my life. And I want to, develop and make meaningful things that make sense consistently from here on till forever. And so I thought about who am I and what is this thing that I've made and what do I want it to mm-hmm. be? And, and I just started re I started playing solo again. You know, I just started only playing solo and redefining myself as redefining Chris of the Concord as just, it's me and it's my art. Um, and of course, as you hear on the record, I have, I utilize a lot of other musicians and I have some musicians right. who have stuck with me for a long time, but, uh, I do a lot of tours solo now. I do tour, I do shows with just a couple of musicians or a big band or these different things, but, um, it's taken me a, a number of years to sort of now <laughs> create this identity as just, it's Christopher Concord as a singer songwriter. Yeah. Cool. I think I think that's good. Like you said, I mean, I think you, like you said, some people have different levels of, we could say, you know, I don't want to get into too much psychology, but, you know, different levels of consciousness, different levels of self-awareness. And I think you're definitely someone who's, you know, very aware of who you are and how you present yourself. And, um, you know, as I said, when I opened 
the interview to talk about a little bit of your background. I mean, you're just, you're very authentic. You're very grounded. That comes across, I think, not only in you speaking during the interview, but just your music and, you know, everything about you, which is really cool. Um, did you ever read anything on, like, humanism or existentialism? Because, you know, you, you <laughs> talk about incorporating you know, a little bit of that stuff in your music. Uh, yeah, well, you know, I went through a pretty uh, ex- extensive process of of exploring art and comedians and books and literature and, and music. That took me from being an extremely hardcore religious person from the age of 17 to being an atheist by the age of 23. So, <laughs> really? Um, what? And again, we don't yeah. have to get into because my my grandfather said you never talk about religion, politics, and money. But did, <laughs> what? You know, <laughs> that's true. But and he's he's right. But um, you know, just interestingly, we don't have to get into the details of religion. But what I guess in your readings led you to you know make that jump and in, in you know pretty much a 180. Man, I have to. I have to think about it, you know, it's whether it's reading. This might be a separate whole interview, but, you know. You, you know, can, actually, you no, know, I can you, say, I can think of, yeah, no, there are a few things that, I, there are a few things in terms of literature specifically. Um, it would be like uh, Bernard Shaw, Androcles and the Lion, like his plays. He would also do like epilogues, like philosophical epilogues. I read a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I read, uh, I read the Communist Manifesto. I read, uh, I read Anna Karenina. <laughs> um, and then I read, Wow. Buckminster Fuller, Bucky Fuller. Uh, I went to school. I learned about science and rational thought, uh, <laughs> which I had not studied <laughs> until I went to study engineering. Uh, right. So I started looking. I, you know, engineering taught me to look at the world as a system, and it made mm-hmm. it's made me very fearless. Actually, I think the one thing that I really am thankful for my education for is that um, I look at sort of anything as a as a system of problems that can be de- deconstructed and figured out. And there's no reason mm-hmm. to be afraid of anything. And that's even the big things. Uh, but, uh, I mean, you can be frustrated and disappointed, but, um, but yeah, so sure. I, I feel like I, I, over those years, I, 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 I developed a very um, rational and pragmatic viewpoint of the world. And I became a lot less, emotional in my moment to moment dealings. Uh, and, and since then I've studied also, you know, um, meditation. I read like Sam Harris, who, uh, has done a lot of talking about a lot of uh, research and talking about that. Uh, and, and, and also I'm just really interested in different methods and habits that can create a peaceful mind and, uh, Mm -hmm. make you a productive, but happy person. And, (laughs) uh, and so, yeah, I'm hopefully always growing. But I also started traveling a lot, and traveling really opens your opens your mind a lot too. Right. And again, we don't have to get into details, but you know, coming from like you talked about, you know, in the beginning of the interview and throughout the interview, you know, a very religious family. How did your parents react to you, you know, moving in a different direction, so to speak? Uh, hmm. Well. And we don't get into details. I mean, if you wanted to say they weren't happy or they, you know, they were okay, but they. No, I'm happy to talk about it. I mean, it's not interesting unless you talk about it. No, I mean, you know, it was problematic at first, but I think mostly we didn't really talk about anything meaningful for many years. You know, we didn't talk really about anything personal 
at all mm-hmm. in our family. <laughs> you know, it's that sort of Midwestern, upper Midwestern, pretend like everything is perfect all the time uh, right. family thing, which is very common and unfortunate. But, uh, uh, yeah, you know, and when I was, I was very angry for a while. Like, I was, I was a very emotional and sort of an angry person when I was religious because I was very self-righteous. And then I became, I, I, I applied all that same sort of emotion and ridiculousness to my, to my new developing worldview. Uh, and then it was since 20 age of 24 till really, you know, now, I guess <laughs> I've been, you know, slowly developing a much more sympathetic worldview. And, uh, uh, I think that's been able to, you know, for me to be, be, be myself all the time and be confident and sincere and, uh, and general and positive and, and present and being being present, it makes me able to communicate with my family and my friends in a sincere way and in a way that doesn't cause uh, any uh, risks or tension because people can see that you're just being honest uh, and, and it seems to be okay now. <laughs> good. That's good. No, I mean, thank you for sharing that. I'm sure, you know, there's other people listening in or hopefully will listen to the podcast that, you know, that maybe can relate and then appreciate kind of the journey that you've been on and, and some of the struggles you've had and, you know, have you been able to come to, like you said, this cohesive one now and, and being comfortable with yourself? And that's really cool. So Thanks. let's do, yeah, no, no. I mean, I find, yeah, I find that interesting when people, again, you know, really want to explore themselves. And, you know, that's what I do a lot in the therapy that I do. And I actually work in a forensic population um, in prisons and jails. And, you know, I really want mm. people to try to, you know, discover who they are and, you know, how did you get to where you're at and, and what can you do moving forward to become independent and assertive and take your life in a different direction, so to speak. So, yeah, I can really appreciate some of the stuff that you, you talked about. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so let's, uh, you know, give us a little bit of a highlight with we're going to do a big jump to a totally different uh, sub- subject, so to speak, but you know, tell us a little bit about Ryan Adams and, and how that whole crazy thing got started where he was, uh, you know, tweeting out how you're the real deal and just he really was impressed with your music and you as a singer-songwriter. I mean, that was amazing to read. Um, yeah, that I, – I don't know Ryan Adams personally at all. Um, <laughs> and honestly, <laughs> I'd never really listened to his music before. Um, it was just simply that – an artist that I played with was a friend of his and I had given an advanced copy of the record to that artist when we played together, just that I was curious for her opinion on it. And I was kind of handing out advanced copies to people that I respected. And uh, a few weeks later, uh, yeah, Ryan was posting about it because, you know, she had handed it off to him, I guess, thinking maybe he would like it. And he was, it was really cool of him to, <laughs> to post about that. He has, he has a pretty big reach, but, uh, I, I was definitely surprised as anybody else, and uh, um, I thought it was cool. But it was really actually like uh, a week later when uh, that whole it, it the Reddit community found out about that because I made a post to Reddit about the. Uh, <laughs> I was really curious after that happened since I managed myself. I was like, well, that's cool, like that he did that. And then like within like mm-hmm. a couple hours, I was like, you know, I, what my brain went immediately to like sort of the the data, you know, having been somebody that studied engineering, right. and, like. Uh-huh. So the answer is lying the data, and I was just like, does this actually really matter beyond, like, somebody really cool and respected saying, right. your album's good, like, what what is the impact? So I, you know, I, I, I was like, oh, I'll wait a week, and then I'll parse all the numbers and of social media and sales online and views and streams and everything else, and 
and see what it looks like. And then I was doing that and I live with my brother, like I mentioned, and he's a big computer nerd and I kind of hate being on the computer, but I have a, I love a love hate relationship with the computer, but, uh, <laughs> he's always on his website Reddit and he was like, Oh, you should post about that on Reddit. Like people on Reddit would be really interested in that. And I was like, uh, I was like, I don't know. I don't really care. And, and then he was just like, Oh, did you post that on Reddit? And I was like, okay, I'll post it on there. And I posted, it was the only thing I've ever posted to Reddit. And within like a couple hours on the top of the front page of Reddit. Um, I have no That's idea awesome. why, but. And what, that, is, then it just, like, uh, what is Reddit? Oh, okay. Which so yeah, you don't know either. See, I didn't know what it was, but no, I'm uh, sorry. No, no, I read, I read, I read something about the billboard, and there was some other stuff, you know, that I'm familiar with. But yeah, yeah I, I hadn't been familiar with Reddit. Exactly. Reddit is they call it the front page of the internet. It's an extremely popular community-driven okay. website in which basically it's primarily pretty much like any meme or any sort of funny thing that you see on Facebook or a GIF or gotcha. a video. It probably got recognized on Reddit. That's where like all this stuff comes from. So basically okay. users can post um, a, a link that they think is interesting. And there's all these, you know, it's like, it's like a forum. So there's all these little sub forums and people can, you know, they can go to the whatever you can go to the video game or even a very specific mm-hmm. video game forum and post a link to some article about it or whatever. And then people, anyway, so I, I post, people post links and images and videos and you can also just write a text thing, whatever you want, you can just post on there. And uh, basically the reason that it's very popular is because like, for example, what happened with mine is I went to the music uh, forum and posted, uh, you know, Ryan Adams tweeted about my album and to 685,000 people. And this is what happened. And I broke down just the statistics of the effect of it. And people can either, you know, they can vote, vote, it up or they can vote it down they can say oh it's really interesting uh, and they vote it up and so then it goes up higher on the website and so more gotcha. people see it and if it goes right. up enough it'll be on the very front of the website and awesome. anything that's on the very front of the website is viewed by like millions of people a day so yeah wow so you're saying before you posted on reddit you actually went back like you said to the hard data and that's where you were looking at your statistics and you saw that there was a significant bump in your sales and all the other stuff well, actually, I think part of what made it actually really compelling to people on on, on when I broke it down for people was that they, the numbers really weren't that significant. You know, they were they there was obviously a a recognizable bump. There was an impact without a doubt. But it's not right. like oh, if, if a if a Grammy award winning artist right. gives you a no, shout out, then you are like made. And so people, the right. fact that the numbers were sort of quite moderate, or you know. I think was very interesting to people. And then really the thing that was interesting is that the effect of Reddit was, you know, a hundred times what the effect of the Ryan Adams thing was. It was way bigger. Um, wow. And that was really sort of interesting. That's so that's cool. what Billboard was writing on everything. Stats. That's awesome. Well, congrats. That's really cool. And it's, it's yeah. good that your brother, that your brother encouraged you to actually do it and said, Hey, come on, get this thing up there. <laughs> so yeah. Funny. I should so, probably, very should probably cool. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right, so let's do this. Let's check out. I know that um, Kevin had mentioned to me that the single you're going to be releasing in April is Everybody Rain, which is another mm-hmm. just beautiful track. So I definitely want to fit that in tonight. So, yeah, tell us a little bit about, you know, let's do something different. Where where were you when you were writing this one, if you can remember? Like, what's something interesting, you know, about this actual song, if you can reflect back on, you know, when it started to come to fruition? Yeah, you know, I, I write most of my songs. I don't write with an instrument. I just write songs in my head. I just write, I just mm-hmm. sing songs to myself, free of any particular 
tune or, or chords. Uh, and so I'm often writing if I'm on a trip or just walking around. I walk a lot to around town. And actually, I was actually walking around Ames, Iowa, probably after a label or meeting with my record label or something. And I started writing that. I don't really remember where it came from, except that I just, I'm a big musical theater nerd. You know, I started with the Disney movies and uh, went into, you know, a, a just appreciation for general musical theater. So I have a, that, that sneaks its way musically. And I think this into my work and that's the song is probably the most apparent of that. Um, I think I was just, I had this concept. A lot of my songs start with just like a, a phrase that I think is poetic or interesting. So this song started okay. with the title, which is just everybody reigns as, you know, the idea that like it, everybody cries, everybody gets sad sometimes. That's right. Okay. Um, yes, I, just, I can pick up I on that. that. <laughs> so I thought the idea of everybody reigns was just, I thought it was interesting. I just thought it was a cool way to say it. Um, and it was neat yeah. and seemed like a good idea for a song. So I just had that. And, um, you know, I probably, I, I'd follow that up because sometimes I get depressed or sad about usually cause I'm disappointed in myself. And, uh, <laughs> uh, I was mm-hmm. probably started writing that song because of that. Just like being like, Hey, it's okay, dude. Like, this is how life is. Like, it's just it's what it is. So I just wrote that as a song to sort of cheer myself up. <laughs> okay. No, it's, it's it's beautiful. And I think, again, I think the relevance of your songs and just, again, how it can, you know, anyone can relate to these songs that you're writing. And and I, I think the nice thing is, too, the way you write it very poetically, like you said, is people can, you know, kind of interpret it for themselves in terms of, you know, how does it apply to them? How does it, you know, fit in their lives? So I think that's a really cool take, too, in terms of your style of writing. So, all right, cool. So let's uh, yeah, cool. we'll check this out. I'll put you on hold again, and then we'll come back, all right. right? Okay. Cool. All right, everyone. Christopher the Conquered, and we're checking out Everybody Reigns. It's going to be his single that is coming out in April. And once again, definitely pre-order a copy of his album, I'm Giving Up on Rock and Roll, which will be out on May 13th. All right, so here we go. Everybody Reigns, and we'll be back in a moment. Everybody reigns, it's how we deal with pain You know God invented crying so that we would go on trying If we really let it out, pour it all into a shout Well, you always feel so mellow when you got a salty pillow And if you take issue, you should also grab a tissue Cause when your cheeks get hotter, will your eyes approve out water And if it just don't stop, you can always blow your top But sooner or later, gotta face it, that raining does erase it All right
All right, everyone. Everybody Reigns by Christopher the Conquered. And again, we look forward to his album, which is going to be coming out on May 13th. Visit him at ChristopherTheConquered.com. Let's bring him back on so we can start wrapping things up shortly. All right, beautiful song. It's, it's uh, cool, too, because it's you so for... short. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say thank you for actually letting it finish. Sometimes on the radio, you know, people are always, radio people are often, like, trying to make really seamless transitions, and they think, oh, it's just right. that's the end of the song, like, and then it's just like, oh, no, there's the big thing at the end, and they always miss that last little hit. Oh, and no, really no, and that's a nice me, thing, but, uh, it does sound, you're right, it sounds like those last few seconds it's kind of done, but then you got that nice punch. So it's like, no, 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 I'm always looking at the switchboard, and even if the song you know, is just ending with an instrumental, I just let it ring out because I'm like, just let it go, and when it's done, it's done. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a great um, song. That was, that's the beginning of a new approach I'm taking generally, which is to try to make every one of my songs as short as possible. <laughs> really? Uh, and that's, tell us yeah, a little bit about not, that, because... You know how the industry is with, you know, what is it, three minutes and like 25 seconds-ish, 350 tops for the single, you know? Well, that's that's just a max, but there's nothing the matter with there being much shorter, I think. Uh, I, I'm i not writing, really, so what it is is that I'm writing songs just, I, I write without thinking about anything. I just write the song the way I want to write it. But then mm-hmm. I really, so it's not necessarily, I means that, doesn't necessarily mean that, I'm going to write all my songs are going to be short, but simply once I finish a song, I work on it to figure out, is there anything I can get rid of? Like it's just about making it only as long mm-hmm. as it needs to be is maybe a better way to say right. it. So, um, I, you know, with this album, we started when I was working with my producer and the band arranging it, we looked at like, you know, uh, is this verse do anything? We just take it out or like we we just removed what we felt was extraneous stuff. And, whether it be lyrics or, you know, another chorus or an instrumental mm-hmm. section and stuff like that. And just kept, we did that a lot on this album and that the songs aren't particularly short per se, but um, they're hopefully concise in their message. And I just want to write more like, I want to have songs more like that, that are just, they don't waste anybody's time. <laughs> no, I think, I think that's a very interesting approach. And I think even for me personally, when I write, I think part of the problem is I'm always kind of looking around for like this mold, like does this fit this mold? Is it poppy enough? Is it, you know what I mean? And I love how you just, you know, have your own kind of individual style. And it's like, no, I'm going to try that. Like you said, if it doesn't need to be there, I don't need that extra pre-course. Let's take it out. What's the point? Why are we going to, that's cool. I think that's really cool that you can get to that point and, you know, be confident that this is how it's going to be. And and that's fine. I think that's really cool. Yeah, it feels it feels good too to to I don't know be economical. It feels artistically fulfilling. <laughs> cool, so, very uh, cool. So, what's in store? What do you um, do? You have any plans for a release party when you're when the album comes out on the 13th of May? Tell us a little bit about you know any upcoming shows you have that you want to promote. Yeah, well, we're setting up a lot of shows. Um, so basically, in in specific cities, we're setting up sort of bigger release parties, and those are going to be over the course of the summer, um, starting in Des Moines, which is my hometown. But we'll be uh, in June, on June 16th, we'll have one in Chicago. Um, there'll be one on August 4th in New York City. There'll be one yeah. in L.A. at some point, not confirmed. Uh, and then, so those will be sort of the bigger ones. But we'll, we'll also be like in Nashville and Memphis and St. Louis and Minneapolis and places like that. We'll have 
shows that are sort of like those local uh, release shows, but then there'll also be just a lot of other dates in between that are touring around the U S to bring the album to people and <laughs> do that whole thing. And, and then uh, I've been having a lot of fun going to Europe and I'll be going back there probably in the beginning of 2017. And I also have a lot, I have many, many, many songs written that have not been, that are next. And so I'm kind of, I'm looking at a, I'm, what I'm looking at doing right now, and I don't, who knows if this is what will happen, but we're working on pre-producing some new stuff right now and um, releasing in 2017, we'll release some singles with videos of sort of showing what's next for Christopher the Conquered. That's great. No, it's awesome. And, and just, you know, keep in mind too, you're always welcome back on my show. So I'd love to have you back on when you have some new, you know, stuff coming up too that you want to promote. So I think that'd be really cool. But, um, yeah, I'm cool. really excited for you, Christopher, to see what's going to happen. And, you know, really just your breath of fresh air. It's just a really cool interview. And, yeah, really good. Really great music you have. Very talented. And I wish you no- nothing but the success out there that's coming towards you. And I have to really quick oh, ask you, one of my favorite, um Yeah, one of my favorite songs is I'm Not That Famous Yet. I mean, just love that track. <laughs> really, really cool track. So that's one of my personal Thank you. I'm, I'm glad I was. I was a little bit worried that that song was going to be a really left field for a lot of people. And, but people have been responding really strongly to it. And I think it's maybe, I hope it's because it's the most sincere song that I I had written up to date of the recording of the album. I hope that's what people are responding to. But <laughs> Yeah, that, and I think just the melody. I mean, I, I just love how it just starts out real slow. And then when it starts to kick in, I mean, I can't think of it right now perfectly because we were just listening to your other stuff, but there's just something yeah. that grabs me musically about it too. I mean, it's, tune, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's something really just, you know, that just grabs your attention musically as well as, of course, lyrically. So, but, yeah, definitely one of my personal favorites that stood out to me right away. Yep. Thank you. Um, it means a lot. Well, I appreciate yeah, being on your absolutely. show. Thanks for asking meaningful questions and being super thoughtful, and I really appreciate it. Cool. Yeah, so if you want to just plug a couple of your sites where people can find you, and then we will um, – We'll wrap it up, and you and I can hopefully keep in touch through, you know, social media sites, and and please promote the podcast, too, because if people didn't tune in, they could always download it for free on iTunes, et cetera, and and check it out. I think it's a really great interview where people can really get to know you, you know, so. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm at ChristopherTheConquered.com, and uh, make sure if you're listening, it's Christopher the Conquered, as in uh, the victim of a conqueror. I'm not a grape, and I'm not a bird. Um, <laughs> uh, Maximum Ames Records, the record label, MaximumAims.com, and my album's also it's for sale on both those sites and also iTunes and pretty much anywhere you can buy music. It'll be on Amazon soon in the coming weeks, and uh, yeah, keep an eye out for it and come out to a show. Cool. Well, yeah, thank you so much again for joining me tonight, and I wish you again nothing but uh, success with everything in your future, and you're always welcome back. Thank you. Cheers. Okay. You too. Have a great night, Christopher. All right, everyone. Christopher the Conquered. Great, great interview. You have to check it out. Really, really interesting life story that he has and uh, really some cool music. Very different from uh, a lot of the people that I've had on my show because they do a lot of rock, a lot of metal, uh, alternative. But uh, here's someone with pop, soul, jazz, and even some hints of gospel. So again, check him out. Christopher the Conquered and order his album, I'm Giving Up on Rock and Roll. So thank you to, for everyone who tuned in tonight. Um, if for some reason you tuned in late, the podcast will be available once the interview is over. 
And uh, just do a couple of quick plugs, too. Um, please follow The Carrie Edelman Show on Facebook. That's where you can find all of my upcoming shows and interviews. I'm also on Twitter, at Carrie Edelman. And uh, if you follow me, I will follow you back. And also, feel free to befriend me on Facebook. I have two personal pages. If one of them is maxed out, just uh, type in my name and uh, go to the other one because I love to keep in touch with people that way, too. So thanks again for tuning in tonight, and uh, keep posted at my sites for upcoming interviews and more because there's a lot in the works for um, April, May, et cetera, in 2016. So thanks so much for tuning in, and have a great night. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.